0: Good day, everyone. You're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 198, Head, Shoulders, Knees, and everything else. I'm your host, Alex. And today we have the honor to have Eric as my guest on the show. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing absolutely great. What's been up with you today? Uh,
0: I've been doing good. I, you know, working in insurance, the most exciting business in the world. (laughs) Uh, Also working on a board game I'm working on. So that's also fun. And uh, now I get to talk to a very passionate individual on my podcast, Eric. Like when he first reached out to me, he was just very passionate, enthusiastic. I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a great conversation right from the start. So Eric, thank you for coming on. My absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for having
1: me. And yeah, no, I know uh, I was pretty new to the Ottawa area. I was checking out podcasts. I saw yours and I thought to myself, damn, I'd love to talk to this guy. I'd love to be on this. <laughs> yeah. What
0: could possibly go wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Strangers from the internet. That's how everyone connects. And this is the point where it says, or where you say, oh, yeah, this is where it goes wrong. Because I'm going to ask this question. That is the most cliche question to ask. Before we start, who is Eric?
1: Ooh, okay. Awesome question. I like that you're getting right into it. So (laughs) a little bit about me. I won't go super, super deep, but I'll give you a little bit of background on myself. Uh, I'm a TED Talker. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur in the fitness space. And one of the things that actually really helped me with the fitness space and come to where I am now is I'm a recovered opioid addict and fitness is just my way of getting clean and being able to become that better version of myself, you know?
0: That's awesome. I love how you took that direction into another direction where you had a challenge in your life and you found something that helped you move away from that. That's awesome. Thank you. Before we move on to more about who is this mysterious man, Eric, (laughs) I have to ask another cliche question. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on? It could be related to your hobby, or it can be related to absolutely anything at all that you would love to promote.
1: Amazing. Yeah, I know. So I'd absolutely send people over to my social media, namely on my Instagram. It's Eric underscore Pimentel. That's E-R-I-C underscore P-I-M. E-N-T-E-L. It's where I post a lot of content about fitness, how to make it more part of your lifestyle and how to make sure you can start achieving your goals without having to actually sacrifice the things you enjoy in life that aren't fitness related.
0: That's perfect. I'll put that down below. So it'll be a lot easier for people to go check that out and follow you on your journey, helping other people on their journey. So it's a journey helping session. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And now we're going to jump into a topic or we're going to pick up a topic. It's a really weird way of making this analogy. We're going to be talking about weightlifting. So how did you actually get introduced to weightlifting? Because you said you were a recovering addict from uh, opioids and there could have been multiple things you could have done to change your attention to something else. What made you go for weightlifting?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely amazing question. Really gets right into the the reasoning. And I think at the end of the day, that reasoning is what defines how we do everything, right? So the big aspect of weightlifting that I think I really enjoyed is it's something where you can see physical progress both in yourself, but also in the actual activity right like you see the amount of weight that you're lifting going up you feel different as you continue to progress down that journey and i think one of the big things it does is it promotes confidence and it was something i was really lacking at that time so it
0: helped me just feel better about who i was and who i was becoming and the first time you went did you know what you wanted to work on or did you let's say go online to try to figure out what's the best exercise to do or did you start with like cardio just to get the rhythm going what was like your introduction like wor- routine into weightlifting
1: yeah 100 percent. so when i first started getting into weightlifting a big thing of it was just i started going with everyone who i was going with in high school right like we uh when i was in high school there was a gym right across the street from us so a couple of my buddies were going i used to go very very infrequently and not consistently at all and when i did eventually go off to university and again during that time when i was struggling I just I kind of found solace in it. Like I was going inconsistently beforehand, although getting to a point where I really needed to make a change, I just figured it was a great avenue to go and like put my energy into. And uh, it just felt comforting. It was never really a choice, actually. It just kind of happened. And I just rolled with it.
0: So how long have you been doing it?
1: Seriously, I've been lifting weights, working out probably like six or seven years, non-seriously, probably a little bit longer, like eight or nine.
0: And this might be a cliche question, but everybody has that one exercise. You know, it's just the one that you're like, Oh, this is my favorite one. And you kind of like mastered it. Which <laughs> one is it for you?
1: Oh, okay. I have two. I have two. <laughs> um, I absolutely love decline dumbbell bench press. And the reason for it is because before my shoulder injury, I was just able to move a lot of weight on it. So it was, and it's something a lot of people don't do. A lot of people tend to shy away from it when you're in a standard gym, right? Like you got like the bodybuilders and like the power lifters, and that's something they might touch, but not too many regular people do it. Cause like regular quote unquote, because it just looks kind of intimidating and you're upside down. Right. Although that's kind of what I like about it. Uh, I like extremes. I also really like T-bar rows because again, I feel like it's one of those movements that can get pretty extreme when you load up a lot of weight on it. So those are kind of like my bread and butter. If I had to jump into a gym session and do one or two exercises, that's
0: probably what I'd want to hit. So you said you like extremes and it feels like you like trying new things. Is there like, let's say a more recent workout exercise you've just discovered and you're like, Ooh, this is like hitting a muscle in a weird way that I've never felt before. Yeah, no,
1: totally. You know what? I feel that right now, a lot of the body weight stuff and the band stuff is super, super underrated because let's just call it as it is. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been on and off with the gym because, well, they either have been like their gyms closed or maybe certain other restrictions are going on where they live. Right. So I feel that Like I've been playing with the body weight stuff more and more because a lot of my clients don't go to an actual gym, right? So I'd say something I've really been enjoying lately and it's simple, although even just doing like like a tricep dip on your stairs or doing a decline pushup where you just put like your legs up on your bed, little creative stuff like that, that could still get you a super killer pump, even if you might not have any equipment or anywhere to really do your workout.
0: And that's a really good point you brought up because, you know, working out, you don't need to go work out at a gym. And throughout this pandemic, the gyms have closed multiple times. So I'm sure you have found alternative ways to stay fit. So when you do, let's say if you ever work out at home, do you have your own like whole setup or do you prefer to go outside to do your workout? Yeah, so since the pandemic, actually, I've been doing a lot more
1: home workouts. And a big part of it is because when the gyms first shut down, I definitely went out and I'm like, "Okay, I need to make sure that if they close again, I'm not scrambling. So I went, I invested in bench, some adjustable weights, adjustable dumbbells, stuff like that. I do almost all my workouts at home and personally, very hot take, although I feel that the average person really doesn't need more than like 50 pounds in dumbbells and a bench to be able to achieve their goal. Cause most people aren't trying to become Mr. Olympia, right? Most people just want to get fit and feel good.
0: And it leads me to think, cause you know, when you're at home and maybe you don't have all the right equipments, you, your, crea- your creativity kicks in and you try to figure out what would be the best thing in your house to work out with. Has that ever crossed your mind? Like, I'm not saying you looked at your fridge, like, you know what? I could try to bench <laughs> press that. I'm like, no, don't bench press your fridge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I, I, I get exactly what you mean though. Right. Cause like, especially early on when, when this first hit, like a lot of equipment was hard to come by because people scrambled for it. Right. So I, I remember I used to film workout videos for some of my clients with like water bottles, like, like big two, three liter jugs of water bottles. Right. Cause like, let's be honest, water can be a pretty solid weight depending on what you're doing. And most people, again, they don't really need a super heavy weight, right, so uh, yeah, that's probably the most uh most creative way I went. I got a couple of jugs of water and they're great for
0: benching, <laughs> okay, so this is gonna be a hot take as well, but this is not me giving the hot take. it might be you so. <laughs> You see all these products online of like how to lose weight, or these ones are going to get you rock hard abs and stuff like that. What products, I know, and I'm shooting myself in the foot, or maybe shooting you, you're shooting yourself in the foot by saying this, but what products are overrated? And you say, you know what? It's more of a gimmick than an actual tool that actually helps with your workout.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm not going to go after any specific (laughs) product, although I'm definitely going to go after branches of products. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with anything that's like a fit tea or a diuretic. Most of the time it's just a fancy laxative. So yeah, you'll, you'll totally lose weight for like a day, although you won't enjoy it and you'll put it all back. Um, (laughs) I'd say another thing that I think is, is definitely on that same side of, uh, call it, uh, crack science is (laughs) any of the, any of those like smoothie diets that you see, or those like one week water diets. And a big part of it is because the number one aspect of any diet is it needs to be sustainable or else you're going to put all the weight back on if not more. And you're also going to feel terrible because you're not giving your body the nutrients it needs. Right. So when you're doing something like only drinking three smoothies a day or eating like 1200 calories or drinking only water not only are you going to put all that weight back on but like I said you'll feel terrible have you ever tried to drink nothing but water for seven days I I have not
0: gone seven (laughs) days but I could guarantee it's terrible uh so about that it's not water but back when I was 16 years old so that's like 14 years ago or so, I was, a skin, I was a skinny dude and I wanted to gain weight. I was really skinny. Like I want to gain weight. I want to gain weight. And I knew nothing about working out. And I just knew like from movies, eating eggs is protein. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay, cool. Eating eggs is protein. Awesome. So every time for like two months straight before working out, I would eat six scrambled eggs with hemp seeds. And then after working out, I'd eat six more eggs with hemp seeds. It's oh, a carton day. <laughs> that's a day. Yeah, that's a carton a day for 60 days. Horrible mistake. Oh, I, like I, your grocery bill. <laughs> I was looking at my parents. So <laughs> it was their grocery bill at the time. <laughs> they were not happy. <laughs> but yeah, I did not gain weight. And it just made me like more gassy whenever I eat eggs, eat eggs. But now I, well, until like two years ago, I haven't eaten eggs since. So yeah. Yeah.
1: I I totally made that same mistake. I, uh, so when I was really into weightlifting, I was doing a lot more powerlifting. I didn't keep an eye on things like calories or macros too much. I just knew I had to eat a lot. Right. So I would, I would hit a workout. I'd get into the change room after and eat like one or two cans of, of salmon in a can. nasty <laughs> ma- <laughs> stuff, but I, I was just like protein. And I yeah. feel like most people who get, <laughs> who get into weightlifting, they go through that. Like they think it's like, it's all about protein, protein, protein. And like the funny part is like protein's big, although I'd
0: argue that fats and carbs are just as important. And you brought up the perfect way for me to segue to this question. What usually goes into your diet? Because I'm sure like you were mentioning, there's all these new... "Quote unquote weight loss trends or weight gain trends, like some weird diet, but I'm sure you've made something that works out for you that doesn't necessarily follow follow like uh, just water and lemon and honey five days a week."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. So in terms of it, it varies a lot, man. And like, I want to start off by saying thing saying that like I still eat pizza, for example, too, right? I think any good diet needs to allow you to still live your life, right? Like I said before, you cannot work a bad diet. So, in terms of it, like what I do more than anything, so I'd follow an if it hits your macros plan. Basically, what that means every food is just broken up with just for your audience, every food is broken up of macronutrients, uh, carbohydrates, fats, and protein. Okay. So, what I typically do is I use an app like MyFitnessPal to track my calories. I get all my clients to do it too, and it works great. And on MyFitnessPal, I do a split. So 30% of my diet is fat, 30% of my healthy fat, like things like salmon, avocado, shit like that. 30% is protein, and 40% is carbs. You want to say carbs more on like the veggie side and like pasta, rice, stuff like that, not necessarily like cookies. Um, but in terms of like to answer your question, in terms of my diet, some of the things I typically eat are like, like after this call, for example, I'm probably going to go make some chicken thighs or some sweet potato and some brown rice, and that's more on like the quote- unquote "balker side of meals, although I see absolutely nothing wrong either with someone who wants to go and like maybe you want to have a piece of fish and you want to go and like like marinate some asparagus or some broccoli or like maybe you want a soup and a grilled cheese sandwich, right? Like I really don't see anything wrong with with any of those ways of eating, as long as you get your calories and macros at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Just don't do what Eric and I did with 12 eggs and two (laughs) cans of tuna.
1: (laughs) Probably not
0: good for you.
1: Oh man. I'm sure I stank coming out of that, that locker.
0: Yeah. You stank from your mouth. I stank from the other end. It was not pretty. My parents did not appreciate that. (laughs) So when you do go to the gym itself, how often do you go weightlifting? Uh, Typically,
1: when I'm like going to a gym full time, I'm usually going about five to six days a week. Um, Now, I'm not necessarily training super hard all of those days, though. So I personally do more of an upper lower split. I uh, when I was young, I used to do the bro split. And the row split, for anyone who doesn't know, it's when you go and it's like, oh, today I'm gonna do just biceps, right? Or I'm gonna do like just my chest today. And it's super ineffective because, well, think of it this way if you were to do something like upper, lower, upper, lower, or push, pull legs, well, instead of working out your chest once all week, you might have worked your chest out three times all week, right? You're gonna get a lot faster results. So typically about five, six days a week, but not every day super heavy. Uh, especially because I have some injuries. So some days are more like aesthetic stuff. So I'm doing like bicep curls, tricep extension. And some days are heavy stuff where I'm doing more rows, incline bench press, flies, stuff like that.
0: So within that five days a week, do you always take constant, let's say Mondays is always that like exercise you're focusing on or you kind of like switch up your schedule? Like, okay, this Monday I'm doing this. And then next Monday, I'm going to do a combination of something completely different.
1: I uh, I do a little bit of a revolving schedule. So what I mean by that is like, So if let's say it's Monday, let's just go Monday to Friday, just as an example, right? So if it's like upper, lower, upper, lower, upper, then I'll start with lower for the next Monday and follow that same routine, right? For my workouts, my workouts change pretty frequently. Uh, I definitely am a big believer in body shock, making sure you're changing up your workout so that way you continue to get results. Although I think a big part of, so they probably change like every like three to four weeks. A big part of that too, is because I kind of treat myself like a Guinea pig, right? Like I have, uh, I have like 30 clients and like, they're all on different levels of their fitness journey. And some of them need to start getting more intense stuff like every couple of weeks. Right. So I just consistently try stuff on myself. So I'm like, Oh, do, did I like that? Did I feel good? And did it actually have a benefit? Oh, it did. Okay. Awesome. Let me record it and put it in whoever Sarah's plan. So that way Sarah can implement that workout for her goal. Now.
0: And speaking of your clients themselves, did you ever learn something from them? And you're like, Oh, that's an interesting point of view or take or the way you're doing it. I'm going to try to implement that into my own workout.
1: Oh man. I have I ever, and it's not what you're going <laughs> to expect at all. So when I initially became a trainer by accident, I want to start with that. I initially became a trainer by accident. Uh, a buddy of mine sent me something that they were doing at my university. I went to New York. A buddy of mine sent me a flyer for something they were doing at New York, and it was for uh, a personal training course. And I thought, damn, I keep getting hurt. I, I should probably take that. So I stopped getting hurt. <laughs> and I, I took it. And when I got my ticket, I decided, you know what? Like I have this. I might as well just go get a job at my local gym. Right. And my first client was a young man who had autism. And I I, I felt super unprepared. It was the first time I've ever actually trained someone, right? Let alone first time I've ever worked with someone with a condition like this. I had no idea what to do. But I think the biggest thing that a client's taught me is how to be understanding and how to sit down and break down something to make it super, super simple, right? Because, like, yeah, he was about the same age as me although his mom told me pretty much right away that imagine you're dealing with someone who's like 12 years old and I'm like okay so like I'm gonna just like make it super simple right and the first couple of sessions went terribly because I had no idea how to make it super simple for him but as I as I got better at it and as I learned how to break it down to like super basics it ended up helping me a lot because well hey he ended up actually being able to enjoy it, which was great. Actually, I'm still in contact with it years and years later. Although on top of that, it's helped too, because I work with a lot of people now who are really new to fitness. So I haven't had that perspective where I was breaking it down, almost like I was breaking it down to a 12 year old. It made it so now when I'm working with someone who doesn't know what they're doing at all, It's really simple to get
0: the message across. And that's a lot of self-learning as well. I love that. I love how it's not just you teaching other people, but people are teaching you and you're keeping an open mind to accept all this new knowledge to just grow as a person. Oh, yeah. There's always a better way to do things, right? Mm-hmm. We just might not know what it is yet. I'm almost at 200 episodes. I'm sure there's a better way for me to ask these questions. <laughs> My <laughs> guests are like, oh, God, Alex, don't ask it like that. <laughs> but I'll find <laughs> out soon enough. And so we're talking about the actual weightlifting aspect, but there's also, let's say, warming up and cooling down. What goes into that if you do do some warm up to get you ready?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. So for a warm up, I'll usually start with a single, maybe a double espresso. Um, <laughs> It'll warm you up for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. It gets the heart going. Yeah. No, but no. After afterwards, for me, not everyone believes in stretching. Great, right? kind of depends on how flexible you are. Sometimes it could be bad. Personally, I have a bum shoulder, not just a bum shoulder. I uh, I've blown up my shoulder, my knees, and my low back. So I. Like I said, trial and error, right? When I first got into this, I had no idea what I was doing. So I would just lift heavy. I would ego lift a lot. I got hurt a lot because of it. So great lessons that I now am able to pass down though. Um, So I'll always start with a nice deep stretch because I got a ton of injuries. I really don't want to blow my shoulder out again. It's not worth it. Um, so I'll take the 10 minutes. I'll stretch. Cool down wise, I usually don't do too, too, too much for a cool down. Sometimes I like to hop into a meditation, actually, just because it's peaceful, maybe just a shower right away. But uh, usually, in terms of the cool down, I usually keep that pretty light because uh, a lot of what I coach is hit. Although for me personally, I still really enjoy just the heavy lifting aspect of it or even the ice quote unquote heavy lifting because I'm not using too heavy weight, right? Although I like the the muscular training of it. So cooldown wise, by the end of it, I'm usually just pretty sweaty and ready for a nap. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nothing like taking a nap in your sweat. (laughs) So you mentioned getting hurt in that one time. Are there any other instances that you got, let's say small injuries or even major injuries from weightlifting?
1: Yeah, no, totally. I think the most significant one was like, I blew out my shoulder. Uh, I think benching, I think I've blown out my shoulder twice. I think both were, no, one was from benching. One was at a music festival. Um, Mm. <laughs> at the music I, uh, festival, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, that one, that one's actually kind of funny. I, uh, I was there with a couple of buddies and, uh, one of them like hopped up on my shoulders and my other friend was pretty light. So I'm like, yo, I could probably pick you both up. And I, I did it just it kind of cost me a shoulder. So <laughs> <But, laughs> no, It's uh, no longer
0: the saying arm and a leg. It's a, just straight up a shoulder. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But in, uh, in terms of it, I've gotten a couple and like I would just touch on like two that were significant. One of them was kind of silly. I was, I was actually kind of guinea pigging. I was trying a new workout where I was hanging upside down on a, uh, a chin up bar. And uh, so it was an upside down sit up followed by a Russian twist. And for anyone who doesn't know what a Russian twist is, it's just turning from one side to the other with a weight in your hand. And, it was going great. It was after a pretty big back day though. And I think my back was just a little bit done. So I twisted a little hard, felt a bit of a pop. That definitely wasn't fun, but I thankfully didn't fall on my neck. <laughs> yeah. I'd say, i think the most significant one, because like accidents happen, right? And like, sometimes you're going to try something and you might not do it right. Or you might overturn or over twist and that happens, right? And sometimes they're controllable, but sometimes they're not. And it's okay right? I think everyone at some point will probably get a minor injury in the gym just because it's super, it's super easy to get hurt. And it only really takes a minute of not paying attention, right? Although I think for me, my biggest injury was also a really avoidable one, which is unfortunate because like I wasn't giving it the respect it deserved. I blew out my knees squatting and a big part of it was because I just wasn't warming up. Like I went in, I thought I was top shit. I, uh, I went over to the, the squat rack. I loaded three plates on cause I was able to squat three plates. Although I never did it cold. And this time I didn't warm up. I didn't do a practice set. I just hopped in. I threw three plates on the bar. I probably got two reps in and heard a bit of a click felt my knee lock. Thankfully didn't drop the bar. And like, I put the bar back up. Sat down and I'm like, I'm just I'm gonna go. And I just went home. I felt it felt
0: so weird. And uh it it was very humbling though. It's it's good that you realize you're like, you know what? This might not be safe because sometimes you some people, and I'm sure you and I went through this complex of like the Superman complex where you think you're invincible and you can just do whatever you want and you're not gonna get injured. And then you get injured, you're like, you know what? I'm not like Superman, I'm like I don't know, the tree Superman went through. I can get crushed. <laughs> so you got to be <laughs> yeah. humble to your body.
1: Exactly. It's like you sit down and like you know what? I'm Eric. And like, that's okay. Like I got hurt.
0: That's okay. And speaking about getting hurt, this is going to be a w- odd way to transition to my next question. But so I used to go to the gym and my friend, he was doing some, oh God, I can't shoulder press. Yeah. Shoulder press with free, uh, free weights, dumbbells. And then he just like brought his hands down and just let go. Now, the thing that happened, there was another weight on the ground and I don't know how it happened, but his finger was in between both weights <laughs> and he completely smashed his finger wide open and I had to drive him to the hospital. So with that being said, no, no, he see they, they stitched it and luckily they were able to stitch it back, but it was like split. It was pretty bad. Oh, he, so I've heard w-
1: stories like that where they don't get the finger back, man. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But this is the perfect segue to ask. What are some do's and don'ts when it comes to weightlifting and dropping your weights is probably one of them. Ooh,
1: yeah. You know what? I get it. Like, especially like this one more applies for the dudes out there. Like, I get it. Like you feel super like testosterone pumped. You want to throw your weights around. I mean, as long as like you know, hopefully they're your weights. And, uh, <laughs> Just throw and other people's long-
0: weights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I was like, as long as there's nothing around, like you're doing it kind of safe. Like, sure, I get it. Like, drop your weights if it makes you feel good. Right. But, uh, I think the biggest, biggest thing that I see that's a super big problem is this idea that you need to be lifting super heavy. So people will get into like these horrible, horrible ego lifts. I remember, I'll never forget one time I saw this guy doing a shoulder press, And For a standing shoulder press, you're standing straight and you bring your weights over your head and back down, over your head and back down. Like you're bringing them back to your ears, Right. Super simple movement, man. I've I've never seen like someone bend the way he did. He was like shaped like a letter C almost. And I wish I was joking. And I have no idea how he wasn't absolutely throwing his back right away. So I went up to him and I'm like, "Hey, man, like I'm just gonna give you a quick tip. Like you're probably gonna get pretty hurt. I'd either lower the weight or maybe go against a wall for your form." He told me to fuck off. So like, <laughs> whatever, right? Like, so not everyone's gonna listen to you. And I think that's the other thing is that in the gym. There's probably almost always someone who knows more than you. And it's wise to at least hear their perspective. You don't have to agree with them. They might be 60 years old and going off a really outdated science. Although as long as you give it a fair shake, you very well might learn something, even if you just learn what not to do. Right. So I'd say the biggest mistake people make is they go in the gym and they assume they know everything because. It's, they're like, oh, it's just lifting weights. How hard could it be? But there's so much science and so much physics and math and f- dynamics that go into actually being able to do some of these things that we don't realize because it's as simple as picking up a dumbbell.
0: Yeah, and I could imagine, listen, I would say I could be wrong, but in your gym, people are very welcoming and they're not trying to make you feel like shit. Right and they see you almost injuring yourself by almost falling on your neck or doing something that could be potentially life threatening, they probably will come in and just try to help out or stuff like that. So with that being said, what are some misconceptions about people who do weightlifting?
1: Oh, okay, okay. I wanna go with a misconception about the gym in general. And I tend to find so I work with a lot of females right? I do work with some dudes, but I work with a lot of females. And one of the things that I have seen time and time again, one of the misconceptions I hear a lot is that it's a judgy place, right? And I totally understand how it could be an uncomfortable place, especially if you don't feel like you know what you're doing. And that's super valid. That's a very valid emotion, right? Although I do want to like get past the, the idea that it's a judgy place. Cause like, yes, there are some judgy people, but there's judgy people everywhere. Right. For the most part, I found that, especially from working in gyms or striking up conversations with people and even spending a lot of time working out in different gyms, they're usually pretty inviting. Uh, And I tend to find that most people in there because they're there for usually a purpose of self care tend to be pretty welcoming to someone who's new, right? Whether that means giving them a little bit of advice, or whether that means just treating them like a regular, like I tend to find that that's something that happens more than it doesn't. So for anyone who might not feel comfortable going in the gym because like, maybe you don't know what you're doing, or maybe you're worried about someone judging you and where you are in your fitness journey. I can promise you that most of the people there are probably too busy focusing on either a looking at themselves or B <laughs> they're, they're focusing more on just like the actual journey aspect of becoming better. And that might mean part of their journey is that they want to go see if you're having a good time too.
0: And the great thing about gyms as well, there are also a lot of different options, kind of like there's some gyms that are just for women so they can feel more safe in that safe space, some yeah. for different types of people. So it's just there's that misconception of like there's just one gym that everybody goes to and you, you feel like the peer pressure is on you. But like you said, there's multiple different avenues people can go down to find Comfort in their own body, find comfort in working out. It can be at home, it can be outside, it can be in a gym, it could be with friends, it could be by yourself. I feel like I'm you're interviewing me and I'm giving the answer. I should shut up. It's all about you. You're telling no, no, me about no, your you're, hobby.
1: You're, <laughs> no, no, you're good. That I actually agree with what you just said a lot. I want to jump on and continue off that actually for a second. A point you brought up there was that there's a lot of different places you can work out. And I think that's a really important notion because a lot of people, I feel, when it comes to fitness, think. I need to go to a gym and it's so far from the truth. Fitness could literally mean that you go for a 15 minute hike because you just want to get moving. Fitness is, I think, such a broad term. And again, for most, for most people going into, I tend to find there's really a few reasons that people go into fitness, but the big two are they have some kind of a specific goal. Like, Oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. Oh, I want to feel sexy in my swimsuit. Oh, I want to have bigger biceps right? Or it's a feeling, Oh, I want to feel better. Oh, I want to have more energy. Oh, I want to have more confidence. Oh, I want to uh, not get winded going up the stairs. Right. And I tend to find that in either of those regards, you could pretty much achieve that doing anything like you could get really ripped playing tennis, for example. Right. So so I think that a big part of fitness is, yeah, I, I personally love weights, but it's about finding the fitness that's right for you and the environment that's right for you because like maybe you get along really well with people who love camping and rock climbing and that's how you do fitness and that's great
0: i completely agree with you and since it's such a passion for you what would you say is the best part about weightlifting
1: you know what i i'd say that the absolute best part never fails to be how you feel either during or after right like let's say for example, if you go and like for me, when I used to train again, I used to do more of the power lifting style before I got hurt. So I'd go and I'd hit a PR a personal record. And it was like that moment of pride where it was like, yo, I just lifted whatever that weight. I just lifted 300 pounds on that lift. That's awesome. Damn. Right. And I think, I think the other thing, is how it affects you when you're not there, like when you're not at the gym, right? And uh, the reason I say that is because it starts to create this, this confidence in you where it's like, damn, like I'm, I'm a lot more capable. And I realize how much more capable I am now because I've been actually using my
0: body. It's like, you you get to know yourself, like, you know, yourself inside out at this point,
1: (laughs) you know, know, bingo. I think that's big. And uh, I think the more you actually understand yourself, the better your fitness journey will go. Like I I remember for a long time, especially when I was so I started getting into heavy lifting mostly again, like partially because I was going through, um, an addiction. The other part of it is because I used to be a really tiny dude, like really tiny, like size, extra small shirts. And they, I wouldn't fill them out. I was a small guy. Right. So I think a big part of it too, was chasing that feeling that feeling of well, being better being more confident feeling like a better version of myself right and back when i uh i used to get like really heavy lifts in i used to do certain days that were dedicated to certain things so like i would focus one day on like width so things that would make me wider so like lats uh rows t-bar rows benching fly stuff like that right and I specifically remember like before some of my really big lifts, I would sit down, I'd like inner focus, meditate for like a minute, think of myself being able to achieve this goal before going and doing it. And I feel like that carried a lot into my regular life after that, because it allowed me to start building that inner relationship with
0: myself. And this might sound weird. It's like you're going to be very meta because, like I said, it sounds like you know yourself, but here's something that's going to just make you tickle your brain a little bit. (laughs) What is something that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started weightlifting? Oh, specific to weightlifting? Sure. Let's go. You know what? Let's do weightlifting and yourself. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Specific to
1: weightlifting, I'd say that any goal that you have, add a couple of years to the journey. And the reason I say that, is because even though you might be able to put on 30 pounds of muscle in a year, year and a half, right? Even though you, you might be able to do it and you could in a healthy way, right? Depending 30 in a year might be excessive, but like regardless, whatever goal you have, I'd say extend your timeline because you'll be less focused on the goal itself and more focused on the journey. Not only will you achieve the goal faster, but you'll also probably enjoy it a lot more and you won't be like obsessive about it like oh like did i gain enough weight this week to meet my quota relax calm calm it down take a second take a break from stressing yourself that heavily and allow yourself to realize that first little bit you're probably going to make tons of mistakes you probably won't make as much progress as you think right away and even if you do it's better to enjoy it because the second that it just becomes about, oh, I need to go and lift this weight because I need to validate myself, it, it becomes, it takes something that's
0: beautiful and about self love and
1: turns into something toxic.
0: And toxic is a keyword that comes quite often when we talk about social media. And that's something that is hard to avoid nowadays being in the 21st century. Basically, that's when social media was invented. But basically, how do you, or let's say, how how does one deal with the images you see on social media? Cause you said it's a self adventure, a self journey that you should do for yourself, but it is hard for some certain people to just see that online where I don't know, Bob, Bob went to the gym for one day and has a 20 pack. I don't know that's impossible, but I'm saying like, <laughs> just I get, no, I, get one day.
1: <laughs> I get what you mean. And you know what? It's a uh it's it's dangerous. It's really dangerous, and especially again, like the it's it happens to the dudes too, and it's happened to me, right? Although I think this is another area that really impacts women, and the reason I say that is because if you look at media, if you look at marketing, it has such toxic ideas of how a female is supposed to look, and I've worked with with models and female models. I worked with models and the things that they've told me is absolutely ridiculous. Like, Oh, my manager said that I should only eat like 500 calories a day. That's so unhealthy. Right. So I'd say just media and self in general, I agree. It can be super, super toxic. Although I think one of the really big aspects, two-parter, I think the really big aspects are compare yourself to the person who you were yesterday. So, Something that I really advocate for my clients is take your progress photos. And it's not just so we can make a post later and be like, oh, look at how good you did. It's no, that way when you feel kind of shit, you can sit down and show yourself how far you've come. Do to yourself what those Instagram ads are trying to do to you. Except you'll feel good. You'll feel more validated. You'll feel like you've made the progress that you've actually made because you're able to see it and visualize it. We see ourselves every day, right? So it could be hard to really picture our progress or see how far we've come unless we have a snapshot of time when we weren't there. Um, I think the other big thing with that is, and this is just kind of my approach to social media, is because I, I use social media quite a bit. I'm posting reels and TikToks and posts and stories and all that stuff. I'm very active on social media and I try to bring more of a positive space into my social media presence. And the way I do that is like, I'm just super vulnerable, right? Like how often do you hear someone going on social media and saying something like, Oh, I had a shit day. Right. But I had a, I have absolutely no problem with it. And the reason I, I do is because there's so much on there that's fake and BS and just people's highlights. And you know what? Being able to go and be our authentic selves in every area of our lives, not just when we're with our friends or not just when we're doing our journal or meditating or whatever we're doing, being able to be that person all the time helps us to feel more comfortable with who we are when we are in those difficult situations, like maybe seeing someone else's highlights and thinking about our goals in comparison.
0: And you're absolutely right. When it comes to being yourself, it's not only good for you developing physically but also for your mental health as well because you're not trying to imitate anybody else you're just doing the thing for yourself and being on your own journey and you mentioned tiktok i've I've seen a few of these where apparently some people kind of like make fun of other people at the gym for working out and then there's another person comes in who kind of like just like just disowns them saying this is not right this is not what we do like trying to like saying we do not respect people who disrespect other people and just I, I i love that aspect of people standing up for other people and it sounds like that's the type of person you are and i i find that very honorable
1: thank you genuinely i really appreciate that and i, I haven't seen that that tiktok trend or like those posts or whatever but i think that's super valuable right again getting back to that idea of like the gym being a safe space right because for most people most people treat it like a safe haven there are the few who don't and it's unfortunate because it kind of stains their reputation although i like seeing people standing up for people who don't know what they're doing. Cause like, yo, let's just be honest. We've all done something where we didn't know what we were doing. Like we've all been a beginner at something. And if you're not, if you've never been a beginner at something, you're a fucking liar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And so for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started weightlifting?
1: I'm probably not knowing what I was doing <laughs> was straight up, like not knowing what I was doing. Going in there is like a, I don't even know how old I was, like 15 year old kid, no clue. Um, I was really shy. So I was afraid to ask for help. And I think because of that, like, yo, in my first year in the gym, I probably made three months worth of progress. If that, because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't ask for help. I d- neglected diet completely. And I'd say realizing how important diet was, I want to say is my, was my biggest challenge because for a long time, I just ignored it. And I, I got results. Like I was getting stronger and I was putting on more muscle, but I was never getting like that super peeled physique I would see on Instagram. And i would be like, why don't I have that body? Well, you don't have that body because you eat like crap, right? So like uh, the, getting down to it and like, I want to kind of clarify what I mean, because like Yes, you could be eating poorly by eating pizza every day and drinking a liter of soda, but you could also be eating poorly by not having protein and only having vegetables or by eating too little or by eating too much, even if it's things that seem healthy, like eating too much broccoli, eating an extra thousand calories of broccoli, still an extra thousand calories, right? So I think the biggest Challenge for myself, and it's one that I'm I'm working on every day, right? And something that I think most people end up continuously working on because it's such an active part of our life is food, right? Like it's it's easy to go in the gym and do something for thirty minutes, right? It might not be comfortable, but I wouldn't call it the hardest thing in the world because there's different levels to it, right? Like you can go to the gym for twenty minutes and use five pound weights, and you still did a workout right? Although being conscious about your food and not being obsessive about it at the same time, I think is a really fine line that people have a challenge with. And I think a good amount of it, let's go back to social media, let's go back to fad diets. I think a big part of it is because the kind of things that we're fed, like we see influencers for fitness, for example, making posts about like Pretending to eat this like big six thousand calorie breakfast. It's like yo, know, you don't eat that in a day. Come on, let's let's be real here. <laughs> I know that's not what you ate for breakfast.
0: Unless you're me, who ate the twelve eggs. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh damn. Okay, well, I guess Alex. Yeah, idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You're, 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 maybe for you. Maybe the two thousand calories worth of eggs might uh, oh, might count.
0: My heart does not like me. <laughs> <laughs> So would you say that is your challenge more these days, or would you have another challenge that just kind of gets in your way?
1: Mm, I, you know what? I think the biggest thing that gets in my way now, and I've been, I've been able to adapt pretty well to it, although I'd say the biggest thing now has been time. And the reason I say that is because when I was working at the gym or when I was a student or when I had five clients, I don't want of time. Right. Although I have 30 clients and a to-do list that seems to never end. Right. So I think the biggest challenge has been time and the, the best way I've been able to overcome it is I'm really big on routine, like really big on routine. So I have a morning routine. I have two morning routines, actually one that goes from six thirty to eight. Uh, and then another one that jumps in right away from eight to 11 uh, and I have a night routine as well and working out's part of my night routine. I used to really enjoy my morning workouts, although I didn't necessarily feel that the way my schedule is right now. I, not that I didn't have the time for it, because I think that's absolutely BS. We, we can always make time for the things we prioritize, right? I think more than anything, it just fit better in my night routine. Cause it just, there were usually less urgent tasks that needed to get done then. Right. So. I think the biggest thing for a little bit was scheduling. That was probably the biggest challenge in itself, scheduling and having to really be able to work with it. And I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that. Like say, Oh, I want to go to the gym or I want to get into working out. Although there's an assumption you need to work out for like an hour. Right. So it's like, Oh, but I don't have time an hour in the morning. Oh, but I don't have time at night for an hour because oh, I have work. Right. Like there's always going to be a reason to not do it. If you give yourself a reason to not do it. Right. So I think the biggest thing is that for me and for everyone is like, make it work for you. Right. So like, there's nothing wrong with doing a 15 minute workout. It's a lot better than doing a zero minute one. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah just get some workout in like it sounds weird me saying this but uh was it a week ago or two weeks ago i was having these tingling feelings in my toes it's a weird little personal story and I'm like oh crap am i getting diabetes because like it's getting tingly it's getting red swollen and i went to go to the doctor i started like doing some more cardio so you know i gotta stay healthy if it is diabetes no i just had frostbite man just it's okay (laughs) (laughs) it was just frostbite
1: it's it's funny It's funny though. It, no, thank you. It's, it's funny though, because like, right there is kind of how most people approach fitness. It's, no, oh, it's a problem? Yeah, now I'll make time right?
0: <laughs> Yeah, like, and then I got frostbite. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to keep doing the cardio because it's good for <laughs> me. But yeah, because I'm, I'm like, what, 6'2"? I have poor circulation in my toes, and there were some pretty cold days in Ottawa. And, <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I, but that. I I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not diabetes. Oh, it's just frostbite, <laughs> just like casually. Oh, cool, frostbite. But yeah, it wasn't severe. I still have all my toes. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Yes, yeah, thank you. I can count to 10 with my toes. And now <laughs> let's get into more philosophical questions. This mm. one's going right to your heart. What has weightlifting taught you in life?
1: I'd say the biggest thing is that you can only do what you believe you can do. And the reason I say that is because I want to go back to what I touched on a little bit earlier about like, like meditating, right? And like, I was kind of joking about the espressos. I kind of wasn't. There was a good time where I wasn't using anything before the gym, right? Like some people take their caffeine pills. Some people like pre-workout. I went in with nothing. I went in just with myself and what I would do before my sets is I would meditate. Now, am I telling everyone to do that? No, you'll probably get some weird looks, right? <laughs> Although the reason that I personally did it is because back to that, that mantra, like regardless if you think you can, or you think you can't either way, you're right. And allowing myself to sit down and actually envision myself as being successful in what I was about to do, not only did it help me, be successful in that thing, whether it was lifting that weight, hitting a PR, being able to have a better deadlift, being able to get a heavier bench going, right? But beyond just that, it taught me a lot about my actual life outside of the gym. So being able to achieve bigger goals, like for example, when I first did my TED Talk, I was terrified. I was terrified of of doing a speech in front of 75 people about being an addict, right? Although I think even then like one of the big things and I something that I learned from my weightlifting days was sit down, allow yourself to see yourself being successful in this. Don't worry about being successful yet. Like envision yourself first as being successful. It'll make it a lot easier for you to imagine it.
0: I like that. I like how you're picturing picturing yourself doing the workout right before you do the workout. It's like, all right, I'm gonna do this exact number of set. And are you the type of person where you're like, okay, I'm gonna do just 15 reps, and you're like, you're about to 14. You're like, no, no, no. I visualize this. I visualize this. I'm doing 15.
1: <laughs> it kind, you know, it kind of depends. There's like that fine line between like when you know you're overdoing it and when you know you're kind of wussing out, right? And I don't use that as like a derogative way. I mean that more than anything, like let's just call it as it is, right? Many people are not comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? It's just the way that we grow up, right? And there's not necessarily anything wrong with it, although it's something that I feel is really beneficial to overcome. Uh, And I feel that understanding your body, and again, it all comes with understanding your body, right? But understanding that fine line between, oh, I'm just getting in my own way or, oh, I really need to put these down before I blow something is super, super crucial, right? So I'd say that uh, it, it's all, it all kind of is circumstantial based off how you understand your body and that situation, right? And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my experience.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's a basic human, human trait to try to not to put your body in danger. You try to avoid it. Like if you're at the limit, you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to push it. But there's sometimes like, you know what? I can push it without actually hurting myself. But once again, like you said, it's about knowing your body. And like you said, again, you're pretty familiar with your body inside and out.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny that you bring that up. So something that I used to do back when I used to train clients in person, right, is I used to go and I would um, our first session, first session, I would do this with every single person and it would always go down the exact same way. I would put a weight on the floor, nothing super heavy, but not super light either, right? So, it kind of depended on the person. Maybe I put like a 40 pound dumbbell in front of you, right? And I'd say to you, How are you going to pick that up? Like, I would pick that up from you, but how are you going to do it? Right. And they'd look at me and sometimes they'd give me like a super honest answer. It's like, I'll probably use my arms. And I'm like, Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Although some of them would just go and pick it up. And the thing I would notice almost all the time, and then I'd thing i would tell them is you're gonna pick it up in the easiest way possible because that's what your body is designed to do often when you're working out you're going against what your body is designed to do in some capacity right like humans are inherently lazy and part of that is because think back a hundred thousand years right what was the goal of the body use as little energy as possible when you don't need to because you don't know when your next meal's coming so why burn the energy be efficient right our bodies are super super efficient right and working out depending on the exercise you're doing is super inefficient you're work you're focusing on targeting only using one or two muscles like your bo- your body almost can't comprehend it at first right so i i tend to find that uh That's one of the the lessons I would always teach. And I always found it really valuable for people was because the second that you understand when you're going into the gym, that you're kind of going against human nature, it makes it a lot easier to understand what makes some of these movements difficult and what makes them require a lot more conscious effort. Like you do a row with one arm, for example, right? Just thinking of it's like, yeah, that sounds pretty simple. Although why do so many people then twist their back and start bringing their their chest into it or start lifting with their legs right it's because human nature says i gotta pick this up as easily
0: as possible like when you were telling me about you just throw well not throw but you put a weight on the ground and ask your client to pick it up if you were to ask me i feel like it's a trick question i'd be like oh well you know what? i'm gonna bend with my knees because i didn't want to throw up my back but here's the thing with me when i when i'm at work every time like i have to go get a file that's down low i don't bend down with my back i bend with my knees because i'm like you know what this is going to be good for my back in the long run but the amount of pants i have ripped because i've been <laughs> using my knees because i'm like you know what that's the good thing to do i just got to use my knees because it's good for me but apparently it's not good for my wallet because the amount of pants is ridiculous it, it, it's, like, it's almost as if pants were made for you not to use your knees <laughs> Oh, it's amazing how many people too like you see it like
1: you see like like crazy back hunch when you bend right over right and that's in terms of too like i have had some people call me on it and they're like oh like i'm gonna like you said lift with your with your knees although like or lift with your uh your legs although i think the the part with that too is technically correct but is it right what if the movement what if the movement involves you getting on the floor and like doing something with the dumbbell right like it uh it's one of those things that, yeah, it was totally a trick question. I've totally been called out on it. Right. <laughs> Although I, I think it's being able to have a, a pretty concrete understanding of how what you're doing affects you is super important. A lot of people get into weightlifting and or working out in general. And I feel that a big part that's usually skipped over is how does this actually work and affect my body? Because like i said before there's so much science that goes into even picking up a dumbbell and curling it although a lot of that and you don't need to know all of it or you really don't need to know any of it to be completely transparent although i also think that it's worth respecting that there's more to it than you might know than just going in and just like throwing weights around with absolutely no care for form because ah why not? It's still weightlifting, right?
0: Yeah. That's a recipe to hurt yourself.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And like a lot of people, a lot of people get hurt in the gym, unfortunately they don't know what they're doing
0: or they got bad advice. Yeah, or don't drop your weights on your fingers. You you need your little you you need your fingers. <laughs> that, see, that's solid advice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking about advice, if you had to give one piece of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby, what would it be?
1: I'd say I want to. I, re, I remember something earlier because you bring up that question. I'm going to answer that one. I'm also going to answer something that I would tell myself. Okay. I told my, you what I'd tell myself weight wise, but I didn't tell you what I'd tell myself personally. So in terms of it, what I would tell someone getting into this hobby, getting into this lifestyle is that it's a lifestyle. That's exactly what it is. Like, it's something that go for it. Enjoy it. Understand that it's something that if depending on what your goal is, you're probably going to need to let it bleed into other areas. Going to the gym is great. And it's a really awesome starting point because it gets you doing something tangible right? Like eating isn't always a tangible thing, right? Because we're always eating, right? We eat every day. You might not go to the gym every day though. So when you go to the gym and it's maybe your first time ever going there, you're going to notice a bigger change, not necessarily in your results, although you're going to notice a bigger change in you because you've added something, right? You've already been eating. So I think it's a really good starting point is just to like actually go start with that first workout, maybe start with a workout class. I, I recommend I'm, I'm a little biased on this because I am a coach. Although I think that absolutely everybody ought to have a coach at least once I've had a coach, right? I think it's important. I think it's important to be able to learn from people who have already gone through and made the mistakes because it's going to save you a lot of pain. and that pain can be really physical, right? And like, I don't just believe in coaching for working out. Like, I have a, I had a mentor for relationships. I have a mentor for my business, right? And I think having people who know more than you and who've made mistakes, super important. I'm sure you said you do mortgages. I'm sure that you've had someone along the way
0: mentor you. Yeah, exactly. You, not you per se, but you as a human don't, do not know everything. You can always learn something new. And everybody has something to offer. Like Eric is teaching me about weightlifting do I know everything no I was a kid who ate 12 eggs of course I don't know everything (laughs) so like yeah I'm learning everybody's learning Eric is learning as well like he mentioned before he's learning from his clients he's learning I was gonna say he's learning from me but I probably the only thing he learned was that I did something wrong with eggs but that's about it I'm not teaching you anything about weightlifting but I am learning more from you than you are from me at this point
1: (laughs) hey I'm sure you'll teach me more later too right and like it's uh it's something as well that I I want so want to jump back. I think one of the biggest things that I would tell myself it's it's kind of a two parter. Um, one of them is something that they actually teach in rehab, and it's a three step process to living your life. And I think it's extremely important. I think it's something that everyone would benefit from learning. And it's to be authentic, surrender the outcome. And do uncomfortable work, and the reason that I think these things are so important are because it allows you to really be who you are, allow yourself to not get attached to what the outcome of a goal is or the outcome of your honesty is, right? Because being honest, sometimes people don't like it. And the authentic turn of the outcome, do uncomfortable work, showing up for that thing that's challenging. So maybe that's going to the gym when you don't want to, right? Or. Like, actually sitting down and focusing on your goals when it's difficult or when there's a party right and you have to sit down and do something else because you're committed to your own goals whatever they might be and the other thing and this I I took from uh from a one of my buddy's dads and I think it's absolutely amazing it's that we're all building the plane as we're flying it and the reason that I think that is such good advice and advice I would have loved to go back and give myself is that yeah, you're going to make tons of mistakes and that's okay. You're supposed to. If you didn't make those mistakes, then you wouldn't learn. Like Failure, I think, is such an important part of everyone's life. Although I think it's a part that a lot of people brush off because I feel like the way that we're, we're raised, at least here in North America, is failure is a bad thing. Like, oh, you failed the test. That was bad, right? Although, was it bad or did you just learn what you didn't do what you didn't know so that way you can do better next time
0: and it's interesting you bring that up because i've had this like philosophy when it came to like tests or or a lot of different things so i call it the swiss approach so you know how uh, switzerland was uh with switzerland was neutral during the wars so i didn't choose any side so my swiss approach when it came to tests and can apply to other things as well is that i would go in and do my best and then after that I'm not going to dwell on thinking, did I do good? Did I do bad? Did I do good? Because then it will prevent me from focusing on some other things that I was working on. And I'll be just dwelling on something that I don't have control on. So in the meantime, I can just do things that I can, I can control. So whatever I'm currently working on, and then once the results come in, then I can act on it.
1: That I love that. I think it's absolutely super valuable. And like, to go back to it, That's surrender the outcome, right? Like you went in, I did, you showed up, you did your best and like, hey, you know what? Sometimes you're going to knock it out of the park and get a home run. And sometimes you're going to fall flat in your face and Mm -hmm. that's okay.
0: As long as you learn from it, it can be a bad lesson or a good lesson. It's just a learning experience. Here, we're having our own little TED talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. and But like, you don't know, you raised such a good point, man, and I love it. And I think it's something that a lot of people can get a lot of value out of. And I feel that spreading these ideas as you consistently are for almost 200 episodes now, I think it's something that genuinely has the power to impact and change someone's life because
0: it really only takes one small gem. To change how someone thinks forever. And that's my goal with this by having amazing people like yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Like, uh, like we said at the beginning of the episode, uh, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you would love to reshare so people can come give you some support?
1: Amazing. Yeah, definitely. Again, come on over to my Instagram. It's eric, E-R-I-C underscore Pimentel, P-I-M-E-N-T-E-L. Come on over. If you have any questions, literally about anything regarding fitness, or you just want to talk, shoot me a message and, uh, I think definitely make sure that you go check out some of my content. There's a lot of value in there in terms of actually taking actionable steps towards your fitness goal, regardless of what that goal might be, whether it's want to put on some muscle or just feel sexy and confident in your clothes again.
0: You know what? That's perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check that out and show you some love. Now I get to be put on the hot seat. Do you oh. have any questions for me about weightlifting and my foolproof tactics on diets and stuff like that i uh, that i know everything <laughs> about yes
1: <laughs> okay yes i do i do have a question so regardless of where you are in your journey now fitness wise outside of the eggs what do you think what do you think your biggest mistake was and when did you realize that it was a mistake
0: ooh my biggest mistake i would say it would have to be that i kind of stopped that uh, I used to go to the gym. I used to go to Fit for Less for a few years, and then I just stopped. And then I did some home workout, but that was more like budgeting because I was trying to save some money. That's why I didn't go to the gym. But then I never bought enough weights to do the different exercises I did. I kind of outgrew the weights I had. and But for me, I think it was more, I didn't... Weightlifting I enjoyed, but I was more interested in like, say, cardio because I used to do track and field, the 100 meter, and I used to play soccer as well. And now I'm doing my cardio to keep up with my son because he is a nonstop train, just wants to you know, pick <laughs> him up, put him down, run around. Yeah, he, he does this little thing now where if I'm sitting down, he'll go up behind me. He's like, go, go. In 16 months, <laughs> he's like, go. It means get up, pick me up, let's walk around he is my coach. (laughs) (laughs) He's training you. He knows very little words, but go and like move around. Yeah, that's, those are the ones he knows. (laughs) So yeah, to answer your question, I guess it's the stopping aspect. When it comes to eating, I think I have been doing better. I don't drink any pop, but I'm not saying like, it's something like you said, you can eat whatever you feel is right for you and what works for your diet. But for me, um, I love Greek yogurt. I have Sometimes no taste buds kind of sense. So Greek yogurt <laughs> with hemp seeds and uh, uh, chai, chia, chia seeds and um, nut, um, was it nut milk? That's I like eating those and I love moving around. I want to get more active. And I know once my son gets into because uh, of my dad when I was a kid. He, he put me in Taekwondo and then he got into Taekwondo. So it's a father-son bonding thing. And I oh, want to do the awesome. same thing with my son. And since he's half Korean, you know, it's going to be for him to learn more about his culture and for me to learn more about my wife and his culture as well.
1: <laughs> that's awesome, man. And you know what? Something I think will help a lot there too is a being able to do it with your son, I think is really consistent. There's something that I notice a lot and you mentioned it. So I want to jump back to it is you talk about doing it now more too two for your son. And I think that having a reason bigger than yourself for any goal is super important. It's what's going to make you put in the extra reps and extra reps doesn't necessarily mean just a workout thing here. It could mean extra reps and anything. And the reason I say it is because, like, yeah, it doesn't have to be about having a kid because some people don't have kids, right? Although just even in this context, I think that's an amazing example is you want to be able to show up for your son. You don't want to be like bound to the chair. You want to be able to move around, run around, do stuff for them. But that's a huge reason to actually invest the time into you. We invest time into so many things that make us feel like shit. During a day, like Instagram, right? When's the last time that we invested time in ourselves?
0: And, you know, as a father, I have to keep that, like, status that I can beat him in basketball until I can no longer do it. And then I got to just pretend like, oh, the sun was blowing in my eyes. Dad, yeah, the sun was blowing in your eyes? Yeah, that's what's what that's what's going on. The sun was blowing in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, you, you got at least a couple of years of being yeah, able yeah. To, uh, to show him up, you know? <laughs> I like I you say a couple years, like, by four years old, he's going to defeat me in every other activity. Outrun <laughs> yeah, you on the soccer pitch? Gee, Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. You know what? I'm doing some uh, leg workout as we speak, just so I can keep (laughs) up. (laughs) So uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Eric, for coming on and making me feel like I have to work out right now so I can keep up with my son in a good way, in a good way. But also thank you for coming (laughs) on and sharing your passion of weightlifting and finding health and just being active. Thank you so much for having
1: me, man. I absolutely love this. It was a pleasure getting a chance to hear your very calming voice live. (laughs) And uh,
0: I hope you have a great night. Well, the pleasure was all mine. And if you guys want to learn more about Eric, I'll put all the links down below in the show notes so you can go check him out and show him some love. If you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timefoyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast and want to show some support, you know, you can leave a review, become a patron or buy some merchandise dice or do none of them because you're listening to this show that's more than enough support for me but what you do absolutely have to do is go show eric some love because he is once again a very lovely human being that like you just you gravitate towards him he is like if i don't you know i was gonna say you're a planet and i'm just an oh, asteroid i don't know it's a weird, <laughs> weird analogy but it, people get it either way eric once again thank you
1: my absolute pleasure man it was, it was so nice to be here and thank you for your words i really appreciate that
0: So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.